You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. The Hot Take Hotbox. Ladies and gentlemen, back and better than ever, the Hot Take Hotbox. Thank you for joining me. My name is Matt McSweeney, and I thank you again, as always, for joining me. It, it's been a tough, tough week for... For me personally, as a leader of the Hot Take Hot Box, in a sports sense, not in a personal sense, uh, everything's good. But uh, uh, this, you know, we got the Eagles taking a horrific L. Horrific L. Horrific L. Up in up in the Meadowlands against the Giants, losing a game that they truthfully had no business losing. Uh, uh, you know, we have Brian Kelly taking the money and run. Took the money and ran, but he's going to LSU to coach the Tigers, replacing Coach O, getting over, you know, getting upwards of around ten million dollars a year to coach the team. It's my mind's blown from that. We have the Sixers, who you know are, are a little bit of positivity with, you know, lost a tough game against the T Wolves and, and beats first game back on Saturday night, but. You know they were able to win last night, even though that the game was much closer than it had to be. That that that's all fine and dandy. We won the game. Win is a win, and it's just good to see the Sixers trending in the right direction. Flyers are trending into the dumpster now. When uh, I was pumping pumping my chest and getting excited about them, everyone everyone got hurt. The team just lost all will to compete and fight and win games, score goals. You know, and and then in games when they do score goals, the uh, Goalie can't stop a fucking beach ball, so the defense has just been awful, you know, throughout, throughout. And the Phillies have not spent a fucking dime yet. They're in talks with this guy, in talks with that guy, uh, rumored to be linked with this guy. They want to trade for this guy, but nothing actually comes to fruition so far. You get the Mets spending money on Scherzer, spending money on Marte. Eduardo Escobar, Marcana, you know, I mean, this, all these teams are out here doing things, being active, making their team better. We're not. We're just sitting here. We're picking up uh, this guy whenever we can or, or you know, uh, Yoan Lopez and the, and the shout out to Nick Nelson, the Nick Nelsons of the world. You're picking those guys up while the, you know, teams like maybe the, for instance, the Rangers are going absolutely crazy signing Seager, signing Marcus Simeon, you know? like Javi Baez is going to the Tigers. People are spending money out there. And, and I know there's going to be a lockout to supposedly tomorrow or there's, you know, there's going to be a labor uh, discussion and it could result in a little bit of a lockout or, you know, may affect the season. There's the, any, a lot of things are up in the air, so I think people are trying to take advantage of a money situation. But we'll get to all that, man. There's a lot to... There's a lot to uncover here well let's get into the eagles first let's quickly i do not want to beat a dead horse and everyone has killed everyone that already needs to be killed this week online and you know these via the all the radio stations and everything jalen rager's horrible he has been horrible it was an awful pick an awful decision and they do keep throwing him out there to try to justify that I believe that is coming from the top. That's the only way that that could happen because no one with an objective viewpoint like, say, Coach Suryani does, there's no way on earth you would ever 
continue to play this guy on your own accord. It's, it, it, obvi- it has to be coming from the top. Uh, it, or I know he's, there's no way he could possibly truly be that much of a moron. So Jalen Rager is out there continually running routes. So they don't have any, much, much options behind him. I mean, I'd rather have Greg Ward out there, but, you know, I mean, how much better are we really talking? Arthago Whiteside? Come on. You know, we're, we're, we're not really talking. Calvin Johnson isn't busting down that door anytime. There is, you know, uh, you, know what I, you know what I mean? All the cliches in the world I could give you, but wide receivers suck for the most part. So he's out there running routes, running uninspired fucking just mail it in sort of shit routes. He doesn't, it's, he just gives me a lot of, uh, you know, an athlete who just, I don't know, maybe he, I, I struggle to say, I don't know the guy. He, it seems like he doesn't care though. It seems like, ah, you know, the other night he was like, this one's on me, you know, but it, it didn't matter to him. He wasn't upset about the fact that he had just lost the game for his team. It was it's really, it, it is what it is. It's just a game. You know, and sure, it can be just a game to some people, but when you're in there being paid and it's your livelihood and people, you know, winning games and losing games, it costs people their job. They're going to take it pretty fucking serious. So, you know, I just, I hope, it's unfortunate, I, the Eagles are missing another weapon. And no matter how many years they continue to spend high picks on wide receivers in the last two seasons, they've, they've spent their first round pick. You know, and before that, uh, Aguilar, and and you, they missed on those two, on Rager and Aguilar for sure, because they, you know, very similar. You can you can continue to compare them, but and Devontae Smith seems to be a viable NFL wide receiver. You know, we'll see how how much he can continue to grow. He has all the skills, and you know, just he has all the tools. But, uh, you know, uh, we need to see more. We need more from them. Maybe that'll change. You know, there's a lot, a lot up in the air right now. Eagles are still trying to make the playoffs. I haven't been on here in a few weeks, so I guess, you know, if you want, you don't want to hear me break down each of the few weeks, but it was nice to see them finally embrace the run, truly, throughout, throughout, fully. The It just took them to hit absolute uh, rock bottom early in the season. And then they finally were, were they they were willing to make a change against the Raiders. Fine, and you know, like I I said, it didn't work. You know, we we talked to, I talked about on here millions of times how the only way that this Jalen Hurts stuff was going to work is if you were structured your offense in this way, where you use his legs, you use him as a weapon, and it opens up all the other passing options. And it no long, he doesn't have to be the prototypical pocket pocket NFL passer because he'll never be that. And if that's what you want, you need to get a new quarterback. Simple as that. He's never going to be that guy. So you have to, if you want to make it work, make it work. If you don't want to make it work, don't make it work. Then just move on. But it seems, you know, in the last month and a half, they've they've tried to make it work. And it has worked for the most part. I mean, <clears throat> you know, other than the last game and... You know, a little bit of that Charger game they tried, but it just wasn't, you know, they, they just lost a close game. It's a game they could have won, you know. I wouldn't say should have won, but, you know. But other than that, they've been thoroughly out outplaying these teams, uh, you know, dominating them for the most part. You know, the the Lions win. The Broncos win for sure was impressive. The Saints win. You know, they had a great rush defense. You were able to run right down their throats. So that all led up until Sunday, 
and, and you were you it was building and building and building and the momentum just comes to a crashing halt. You're only able to put up seven points. Your quarterback now has an ankle injury. You might have to play the backup against the Jets, which if you think about it in all actuality is the is probably your smartest option if you really plan on making a run because if he if you can't have Jalen Hurts be banged up all season and he has the bye coming up next week, so you would want to use the extra rest just try to get as much time you know to nurse that ankle back to health as you can, right? In theory, but I guess it all depends on how bad that ankle actually is. But they got the Jets coming up this weekend. It's another winnable game. Another, you know, I wouldn't say easy game. None of these games are going to be easy. It's the NFL, but Jets are three and eight, and they have, you know, they are not looking too looking too hot in their last couple. I mean, they got you know Mike White and and Flacco were out with COVID this past week. They were able to win a game against the the Texans, but you know the Texans are right there on their level. So we have to come out. We have to. Uh, I mean, you know, Rob Sala is going to have those the defense ready. So now, now uh, maybe it's good. Now nothing is a guarantee. Now you have the fee- the you have to respect all all of your opponents. You have to be out and come out and ready to play. They should have been ready to play on Sunday. I, I it seemed like they were, but they at the same time they weren't. I don't know. It it, it was a real mind numbing sort of game. Uh, J- Jalen Hurts was horrible throughout. But he made enough plays at the end of the game to put them in position to win the game. So I, I have struggles uh, really just standing here and, and ripping him for 20 minutes. It, it seems to me like the talks last week, are, you know, they were a little premature in my mind. He's the franchise quarterback. He, you know, he's earned next year already. He is our he is our guy. We, you know, we shouldn't, if you draft a quarterback, it would be the stupidest thing you've ever done. And, and maybe... Uh, you know, based on just simply in my mind how weak the quarterback class is coming in. If there was a star talent, if it was last year's class, uh, I think a lot of fans and media and people would be singing a different tune because it, it's just based off the fact that, you know, the names like Kenny Pickett, your names like Matt Corral, you know, Malik Willis has kind of fallen off. Those names at quarterback aren't really flashy and get you excited, so there's no reason you would want to spend a high pick, which we're probably going to have at least two, if not three high picks. So, not high. You know, the Colts pick isn't going to be super high, but it's it. it we're going to have three first round picks. I guess I should just leave it at that. So we, you know, like I've said, I just believe we. It it's, continues to be the evaluation period. Last week was another bad week. It's kind of been up and down all season long as uh, in regards to Jalen Hurts. And I'm not convinced of anything yet. And I am leaving my options in my mind open to anything. Because I'm not, I'm not convinced he's the guy. I'm not convinced he's not the guy. I, I, I just feel the, same, I feel the same way. I like the way that coaches run the offense. I think, I think we should just get a, a, more running backs, which is what I wanted. Not Gainwell. Not guys like Gainwell. We need big, strong, hard-running backs. Not guys like Miles Sanders who are more of a finesse back. And that, that can work. And he, he has the skill set. And he, he you know we see him when he's out there. He, he makes plays. But we need a guy who wants to run tough up through the tackles in the similar way that Jordan Howard does. Because he has shown to be the best back that we, we could have had all year long. 
And if we can get him back and continue to just dominate inside the tackles, we will we will make a push for the playoffs. I, if we we're, we're gonna have to win the rest of these games though, we can't we can't slip up again. You know, the, the division is was, was kind of a pipe dream there for a little bit, and we kind of threw it away on Sunday, unfortunately. So, we move on to the end of the next game, on to the next week. We just got to beat the Jets. We beat the Jets, and the if we continue to win each game, you know, we, we win this week, win this week, win this week, the playoffs will take care of themselves. So, that that's all I think we need to be worrying about. We shouldn't be worrying about all these other games and what's going on and obviously out of our control. It's all out of our control, but I just think we, you know, we as a team, we as a fan base, anything, just need, you know, just worry about winning this week. We take care of the Jets and we get the rest up, get that by, maybe get Brandon Brooks back, get some, you know, get, get some, some of the banged up guys, some rest and make a push. That's about as positive as you'll hear me talk about any of these teams tonight. Well, you know, I think I'll talk, I'll talk positive. Uh, the Sixers, I don't necessarily have anything uh, like super negative to say. Uh, they want The negativity in my mind will really start to come out probably towards Christmas in the new year. If he's still on the team, if 25 is still on the team by then, I think I'll be really, really angry because right now it's I don't blame these guys for, you know, they've been sick. Uh, Tobias has been hurt. Uh, Joel was hurt. You know, he had the knee. I'm hoping that all that time off now, he's finally probably rested. He's looked good. He looked good in the first night. He didn't really look so great last night. But we just need these guys. You know, we kind of we kind of took a lot of losses there, and our record really, you know, fell off. We're not going to be the number one seed this year, guys. I think that's a realization that we probably need to accept. We're sitting at 11 and 10 right now according to uh, the old Google. So we're in the 8th seed. We would play the Nets in the first round if the playoffs started today. That's not not great. We're battling for a playoff spot with the Cavaliers. The East is uh, like bunched up, though. We're only three and a half out of first place. Uh, you know, we're two out of the uh, out of the, third, the three seed. You know, like it's, it's right down the middle. It's still anyone's uh, situation to be had. I just don't think we're going to have the one. I think someone's going to pull away, and uh, that... One, obviously, we've been shown the one seed, all that doesn't matter. Our home court advantage doesn't matter. They lost three games at home in that Atlanta series. I don't want, I, I don't want anyone to tell me what. Like, I don't care. I don't care they have to win where, home away on the moon in Mars. It doesn't matter. They have to fucking win the game. Don't care. Do not care. But it's going to be a big thing when they do trade 25, who they are going to be able to get. We continue to talk about that. Maxi has shown that he's growing, getting better, and only just, he, 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 in my mind, has opened you up to not have to get a point guard back. Now, of course, we just want the best player available back in a trade. He obviously has to fit and everything and all that matters, but we just need a player that we can, or, or players, but they, they say player, so that's what they're looking for. One, like, they're looking for an impact player to plug into this lineup and that can run with Embiid, and they can trust. They can have a one-two punch and have Tobias. Oh, Tobias! That's our first voice crack of the day. That could be a spot. It could be a sponsor if you want to sponsor voice cracks on this podcast. Let me know. Joel, unnamed player, 
Tobias, Maxi as like your per, your uh, tertiary players, if that, that if that word makes sense here. Uh, just like you know, in your peripheral, sort of just helping out wingmen. And then you have Curry and Korkmaz and just Shake Mill, all these different guys who can do different things. The Thibel is your is your defensive stopper. You have draw like that team all of a sudden becomes uh not not a threat but viable. I would say viable and, and a tough out for anyone in the playoffs in a seven game series. Who unnamed player is very important in this situation, but I think it would be more important to just get that space back, if you know what I mean. Like that 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 money that just somebody who that's just a void chilling on our team and we just need I don't want to, I don't think Ben's going to come back. I think, you know, he, reports of him being broke or, you know, cash whatever it is. Uh, I I could care less. I don't uh, you know, whether he comes back or not or just does it for them. I, I don't think he's going to help us. He's not helping the Sixers. I don't really want him to come back. That hasn't changed in my mind. So, I'm not I'm not getting worked up. I'm not worried about it. I'm not thinking about it. Just more worried about getting to that December 15th date where the contracts are opened up for everyone. We can trade for with the 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 percentage of players or the the number of players that we're able to trade for, you know, massively increases. So we can the possibilities will, you know, are going to be much more open than they have been say the last 2 months. So all the free agents who signed contracts during the summer can now be traded after December fifteenth. We'll we'll see what uh I don't know what that you know I think that's more for like the throw in players and whatnot. But who knows? Maybe maybe he has something up his sleeve. He he says he's ready to hold on to this for four years. We all know, and we just hope that we can get a, a resolution soon. The Sixers so far though we got games coming up this week. One here against the Celtics, which. You know that's on the road tomorrow night. I assume that's probably an ESPN game, or a uh, it's at seven thirty. So yeah, I mean I imagine that's a TNT or that that's they like that Friday night seven thirty against the Hawks on the road. Another nice test. Hornets are a you know they're they're a fun team. I I guess I would say not a, not a team that I necessarily take too seriously. They're thirteen and ten. You know like they have a lot of good players. They're not an easy out, but it's a team we should beat. Hornets again on Wednesday night. Uh, Jazz, Warriors come to town. You know, we go to Memphis. There's a lot of, uh, and, and then after that, we'll have the Nets. And, you know, we just need to, I really do think that this will open up once we are able to move 25 or we get a resolution to the situation. And that resolution has to be trading him. It, it, it can't be bringing him back. It, it, it just can't. It won't work. Uh, I'm, yeah, it won't work. So let's move on. Let's continue to move forward and upward. Right now, the Sixers are right in a stagnant sort of situation, but I think they were able to, they did good. In my mind, even though they lost a lot of those games, they just, they fought every game. They they were, they you know, a lot of the guys, even I, Isaiah Joe, you know, just names who you usually wouldn't see, who wouldn't get burned, were able to get some run time and show how their skill set and show, like Isaiah Joe is an absolute sniper. I, I, I forgot to mention Niang when I was talking about the bench. That guy's been awesome as well. You know, even he was starting games during that stretch. So, mix. I, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about the Sixers in, in the coming weeks. And, and just you know, I I don't want I don't I'm not as I'm not as negative 
You know, I thought I was gonna a lot of negative was gonna be coming out today. I guess we're moving into that section of the podcast, but let's do that. Philadelphia Phillies. I I, I talked about it very briefly, but but everyone's spending money. Everyone's getting these players, and we just sit here and wait. Wait, 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 wait. Crazy money getting passed out these last few days. My, my guy, Corey Seager, going to Texas. Could spend all podcasts talking about all these different teams who spent all this money and got all these players. But we're here. We're in Philadelphia. Let's talk about the fly, or <laughs> Flyers. I'll get there. Let's talk about the Phillies. In the mix for a bunch of guys, you know, we hear, we've been hearing a bunch of different names and, and things and teams that we're connected to. The most intriguing and exciting of, of in my mind has been the talks about Nick Castellanos, uh, the infamous uh, internet meme, Nick Castellanos, uh, you know, thanks to Tom Brenneman. More importantly, we need a right-handed bat. We need a serious right-handed bat to plug into that lineup that you can trust and count on, and he will play one of those, you know, that corner outfield position out in left field. You would have to, in theory, still get a center fielder. Phillies have been linked to Kevin Kiermaier. He's a three-time gold glover. He's an incredible center fielder. We would be extremely lucky to have him. He's played, you know, played in Tampa for a long time now. Spent his whole, you know, spent his whole career there so far since 2013-14. So, you know... In September of 2013, so I mean, we we would be extremely lucky to have him. I feel like he would be, you know, he's getting a little older, so that that concerns you when you're getting a guy mainly for his glove. But we, I, we are, we would be extremely happy to have a guy like that on a six-year, fifty-three million dollar contract that expires in 2024. I believe there is a player option or a team option on here. Yep, says here club option for 2023. So you would only have to pay him $12 million next year, which is less than you were paying Andrew McCutcheon for, you know, I I you I don't even know. I don't want to be mean, but it, almost no production. Home run or bust, simply. And it could barely field out in left field without getting hurt. So... I think this would be it. It, our outfield, the way I just described it with Castellanos and Kiermaier, is incredibly upgraded in comparison to last year with McCutcheon and whoever the fuck would we put out in center field, which was an absolute revolving door all season long. So uh, it's, it, it fascinates me that we're still in the mix for a lot of these other guys. I mean, Schwarber is another name that's been floated and that we, you know, Dombrowski has uh, history with from the Red Sox and whatnot. Michael Conforto is another guy who's killed us in the past from the Mets, and I would love to have him on something, you know, something that's not going to kill us uh, contractually because it seems like now we are moving into the, uh, like, B sort of free agents. Not not that they're skill level or talent, but the money-wise, the amount of money they're going to draw. Conforto is going to get paid. I mean, he's 28 years old, be 29 in March, but... You know, I, I expect he's now full. I saw, you know, four years, uh, you know, 80, 80, something like that. That's what I, I saw floated. But what do I know? I'm just a guy. This is, we're talking about Kiermaier, who, 
you know, it's coming off a pretty bad year, 232. Uh, I don't think any of the Mets really did that great uh, all year long. But, you know, last year was 322 on on the short year. So I don't like to really look at that too much. But 257, 243, 279, you know, 27-28 and 33 homers in 2019. Only 14 last year. Played 125 games. So maybe you could get him on a discount coming off of a bad year and hope that he's able to rebound and uh, get to his old ways. He is a lefty, so that's, you know, not great. But so is Schwarber. The only guy that we I've talked about so far that would really fit that billing is the right-handed Nick Castellanos. Uh, but there's a lot of guys still out there that could, you know, be free agents or not that could, you know, that still need to sign contracts and that could be Phillies. Um, but like I said, a lot of that is still up in the air, and, and a lot of these contracts are maybe going to be put on hold after the the. I don't know. That's. We, we shall see with baseball, you know, now, now this is kind of like a mad dash before the uh, labor la- labor stops, or the labor stoppage, I believe they call it, which is the worst part about being a sports fan. It's just your league, the league that you like or the, the sport that you like stop playing because guys are fighting over percentages and owners are holding on to their pennies and the, trying to make the players look greedy when they're the ones making all the money, you know, and the players are making millions, so we're like, why the fuck are you complaining? It's just a whole thing. I'd rather just play the games. Well, you know, talk about the sport. Talk about who's going to pitch on something, you know, shit, shit like that. I, I don't want to be in here talking about percentages of, you know, they're, they're arguing over who's going to make the, how many teams are going to make the playoffs and expansions and shit that just doesn't matter to mostly any of us, so. Uh, I, I do hope uh, Phillies are were also in the mix for another reliever. They've been bull, trying to bolster their bullpen. Uh, Corey Knable, I, I believe is uh, how you say that name, not Evil Knievel, but Corey Knable, who is a reliever for the Dodgers. Uh, he he's in you know he, he he's spent some time with a bunch of other teams, but you know in my mind most notably the Dodgers. But maybe. Maybe that's it, these are all just talks and discussions. And uh, if the Phillies do make a big signing or make a big splash, I'll be in here to talk to you about you guys about it. I don't, I won't pull no punches. I, I, I'm very, I'm, I'm. You guys know me. I'm a big Phillies fan. I spent a lot of episodes of this podcast talking about the Phillies and what they could do, what they can't do. Hope trying to will these guys to the playoffs. Naming episodes after them. I'll do whatever it takes. I love the Phillies. I love all these teams, man. But. Uh, the the hot stove and the the baseball free agency is always in my mind much more fun than all the other sports. You know the NBA is fun, but it's only fun for a certain amount of teams and uh, a couple players. Baseball is much more open, a lot more players involved. You know football is kind of just eh, and uh, hockey is you know who the fuck knows. It used to be fun. Uh, in in my mind, when we we could actually spend money or we were you know rumored to, we would try to trying to get Stamkos or Trying to get Shea Weber, I remember well, for a time. Uh, what was the guy? Uh, Ryan Suter from uh, Minnesota. Zach Parise. There was a summer. There was a couple summers there where we were trying to get everyone. And you know, of course, we wound up getting no one, and we still haven't won any cups. And here we are. Flyers have lost six straight, and uh, I'm not going to go through every game. Uh, I know that's kind of boring. I've Used to do that for a lot, a lot of these uh, teams and games, but it just to me, it's lazy, and uh, I, I wouldn't care if anyone else did it. I already know what happened, so and you know what happened. It's it's been a fucking disappointment, man. And a lot of you know, Kevin Hayes comes back and gets hurt immediately, which is brutal. 
It just you know now it looks like he might be coming back. Uh, hopefully, Carter Hart has uh, you know after the first ten, they, they based Chuck Fletcher even had to come out and have a press conference today. Carter Hart first good ten games, last ten games have been horrible, mainly for the whole team. He Chuck Fletcher was even uh, you know I just think it's never good when your general manager is coming out in the middle of the season and having press conferences basically saying that the team needs to pick it up. And I think it's never good when you got online blogs and people saying, well, you know, I think it's time to strip it down. You know, trade Giroux, fire this guy, trade this guy, get Couturier out of here, and let's start this thing from scratch. Not saying they're wrong, but I'm just saying it's never good. It it seems like the Flyers have been stuck in a pattern of absolute mediocrity for many, many years now. At least since the early 2000, 2010s, they have, you know, since that since that Stanley Cup run, they've it seems like they've been chasing something similar to that ever since, and they refuse to just actually do it the right way. And, and there's just real no leadership ever since the passing of Mr. Snyder. Honestly, if I'm being frank, you know, it's just there was a certain uh, standard that was being set. When, when he owned the team, when he was an active owner, when he was still, you know, following the team every day and not not, not dealing with health concerns and rest in peace because he, he was a, an incredible uh, owner to have. You know, although I, I like, you know, when your owner kind of stays in the shadows and doesn't really say anything and he lets the uh, sports minds or the, you know, the... The, those guys, the guys who are actually on the field and the general manager, they let them make the decisions. But I have more respect for the guys like Ed Snyder. And, uh, you know, these guys aren't similar, but they more uh, outspoken guys like Jerry Jones who aren't don't hide the fact that they have something to do with what, what's going on. You know, unlike Jeffrey Lurie and some of the owners that we have here, Middleton, you know, they, they hide behind these guys and say, oh, well, we couldn't get this guy. We couldn't get that guy. Oh, uh, you know, like Jeffrey Lurie acting like he has, no, you know, oh, they fired Doug as a scapegoat kind of last year. And, and then, he, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems like him hiding behind Howie and acting like we have to figure out, well, is Jeffrey deciding this? Is Howie deciding this? Is the coach? You know, it's like a whole when you know who's deciding shit in Dallas. It's a fucking Jerry Jones, man. And for right or for wrong, at least you know what's going down. Here, there's like some fucking, you know, vague clusterfuck situation where, you know. But back to the Flyers, though. Let's. I, I did want to read you, shout out to Broads, Broads Media. They, you know, I, this quote that he took up from Chuck Fletcher, just the media, as the Flyers dropped their last six games. It has to get better. Our transition game, our entries, our four checks hasn't have not been as effective, particularly the last 10 games. The coaches and players are working on systemic changes or systemic things to change how we play a little bit. Changing the lines around trying to changing the lines around trying to find different chemistry. It's a process. The first 10 to me was still quite better than the last 10. It's no question. These hockey guys are probably, it's probably ridiculous. They they don't ever stop talking so you don't know where to put the comma or the period so it's like yeah you don't well i don't i don't yeah and you're like oh shit like that's probably how it sounded i didn't hear it but it's just not good that 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 was what all i wanted to touch on in the flyers we are in nuclear panic mode and you know jeru could be gone after this year 
this team could look completely different next year. And I don't know, the coach is now in talks of being fired. It's just, it's crazy the fall from grace we've had in the last, I don't know, man, a couple weeks since, since my last episode, we just, it, it was starting to teeter, but now it's, it's gone completely, you know, on that end. And now we are holding on, we're, we're clutching at any, any sort of life raft or anything we can get. And now the, the boys have been warned. This is a warning shot by the by the general manager, letting everyone know that he will he will sell everyone at the deadline if this shit doesn't change. He will do what he has to do to make the you know he'll fire the coach. He'll, he'll you know he made some changes this offseason. He thought they were going to be you know they thought they were going to be hitting, and they're not. You know a lot of those guys are hurt. Well you know Ryan Ellis was the big move that that I, in my mind and Atkinson whatnot. But but Ryan Ellis was supposed to help hold the defense down and help Carter Hart out and help establish, you know, these defensive pairings. And it's without him, it's, it's shown that we're just, we're lacking big time. Guys like Sealer are playing. I, I just hate, I hate seeing the guys like Sandheim out there. I know he's, he's competent, but it's, it is not good. It's trending in the wrong direction. Before I get out of here. And as always, you can always leave questions or tweet me or I will always read your questions or topics you want me to talk about here on the pod. They want to talk about the uh, betrayal, uh, the traitorous, the Benedict Arnold that is Brian Kelly, leaving my Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who's been the head football coach since 2009, leaving like a thief in the night, same way he left Cincinnati. To go to LSU to coach the Tigers down in Baton Rouge. And in my mind right now, it makes no sense. I don't see how it's going to happen. But that first Saturday in, in September when he's on the sideline for LSU and he has them boys ready to go. It, 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 he's a great football coach. He's been a great football coach for the Irish for many years. He rebuilt that program from where it was in a situation of serious turmoil. They were. They didn't have an identity. They were trying to grasp at, at the the successes of years past. Charlie Weiss was coming in, and you know they thought an NFL guy was gonna give them the name recognition. And you know they they needed a culture, and Brian Kelly gave them the culture that they needed. They, he built that thing from scratch, and now and now he leaves, doesn't tell anyone. You know, I, I understand that's how this goes, but he kind of besmirches everything, all the good work that he did, all the good deeds, uh, all the the building and the the just the good feeling that you had from you know. Although we didn't make it, you didn't get it done. You, you gave us a lot and gave us more than we could have ever asked for. You know, besides a national championship, he leaves. And he tries to take all the coaches as, as well, which, as he should, as I would too. But it fucking hurts. It hurts. That he would leave like that, needed a new challenge, he claimed, but was never able to get it done here. Says, you know, I, I, I guess that it can't be done here, is basically what he's saying. He leaves with a job unfinished again. He got 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 them as close as they possibly could. You know, we, we're still sitting here at number six in the country. 
And the, and the official rankings will come out tonight, but as it stands right now, we're number six. We won this weekend. We might even be number five. And he leaves in the middle of the night. And, and if things go our way on Saturday, we're playing in the playoff with no head coach. And that that's when I'll be really mad. When I when the anger that I want I truly do want to feel will really really set in. Then we've been on the doorstep so many times, trying you know trying to get into this playoff. We've gotten in and we've gotten our ass kicked and kicked out. And again, we were just you know we're inching closer. And this year was supposed to be a down year. You know, Jack Cohn's your quarterback. Your offense, you're rebuilding your offensive line. You know, you got lost a lot of different players to the draft in the last couple of years, and you know, even your quarterback. You know, you're you're, you're one of you're the winningest, you know, one of the most successful quarterbacks you've had in, in Notre Dame history. And Jack Cohn has you know come on towards the end of the year. They they've their offense has looked great. Tommy Reese is an incredible offensive coordinator. So all of this, when these guys are just going to leave and take all of the recruit, you know, take, it's just going to, it's going to, it's really going to damage the program. And it all depends on who they're able to keep and what, what they do next at head coach. Cause you, you know, saw Lincoln Riley do the same thing to, to uh, Oklahoma. You never thought that would really happen. You might've thought you would go to the NFL or whatnot, but the, you know, the, the money that these schools are throwing around to these, to these coaches it's absolutely, it's mind-blowing. You know, $100 million or $110 million, uh, you know, we're going to pay for two of your houses. We're going to, you know, buy this house in USC for you. We're going to, you know, give your wife a massage. Like, it's just crazy shit. And I don't blame these guys for saying, you know, saying yes to these things, I guess, because I don't know how I would even want to say no in these situations. But I also don't blame... Fans and players and people like and people like me or you, anyone for being mad at these guys. Fuck them guys. They ain't my money. Fuck Brian Kelly. Never forget when he sent that kid up on the on the uh, scissor lift to film the practice in the fucking uh, in the, in the huge huge windstorm, huge huge storm coming by, and he killed someone. He may not be you know legally responsible. Or he's morally responsible. So just never forget that. That's 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 the thing that you know, that that really because that that could be that could have been me. That could have been anyone. That you know anyone that was just trying to get a degree and thought you know what an amazing opportunity would be to work for Notre Dame's you know football program and, and get up on you know and help the team. And I'm gonna go record practice. And I'm sure that it's just it's an awful. But I, I never forget. Brian Kelly, you are a scumbag. I uh, hope you enjoy uh, Louisiana. I hope you do have some football success. Uh, you know, good luck against the SEC and Saban. You won't get to play Navy every week. You won't get to play Stanford. You're going. You're going into the dog pit every every week. So you know, I, I think it's. I think he's going to do a great job though, because I think he's a great football coach. And in a very similar sense that Notre Dame, they kind of need their image. Not necessarily rebuilt, but they just need it to be propped up again. They need they need their program propped up again, and Brian Kelly's the perfect guy to do that for them. Um, 
you know, and when you got money, you can get anyone. They tried to get Lincoln. Lincoln just got more money to go to Los Angeles. And here, Brian Kelly gets more money to go to Baton Rouge to help the Louisiana State University Tigers turn the thing around. Uh, you know, if Coach O could have kept his dick in his pants, I probably wouldn't be in this situation. But, you know, to each his own. Uh, what's next for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, though? Like, who the next head coach is? Obviously, you want big names. I want a big name. I doubt it's going to happen. You know, Urban Meyer's having to come out and say, no, no, I don't want it. That would always have been great. Uh, I always wanted Gruden back in the day, but obviously I don't want him anymore. Um, you know, Dabo, that's another name that comes to mind that would just be, uh, you know, great. Uh, I've heard Luke Fickle from the University of Cincinnati, which uh, he's got a whole situation. He's going to wait for the playoff to happen and if they're going to make it or not. And I don't know what the Irish's plan is here. To the, you know, It didn't sound like they are really in a rush to do anything. Uh, Jack Swarbrick didn't. And that's how you're supposed to act because they were completely blindsided. He can act like they weren't or say they weren't, but they were. No one expected this to happen. And now they're they're just left to pick up the pieces and see what they can hold on to. See how many of those assistants go down to Baton Rouge with him. Uh, he's already told Marcus Freeman will make him the highest paid defensive coordinator in college football. So uh, I, I although is not the uh, you know sexy name per se or the highly touted name or the name that would get me excited, Marcus Freeman might be the bright man for the job. Hopefully he could keep Tommy Rees. That's, in my mind, a big thing. I want to keep Tommy Rees. I think he could, he's a great offensive mind. I think he has helped build this offense, uh, you know, not not from scratch, but it just we've gotten better year after year after year with him as, as the offensive coordinator. And, and I think he's creative. I just I love everything about him. I love him as a player. I love him as the offensive coordinator. So I hope, hope we don't wait too long, and I probably will have an emergency pod, uh, barring it being an exciting uh, character. If it's Freeman, I'll just wait till the next time and you guys can hear me talk about it if you even care for it. But we'll have another episode next week. I am I am back. I got I got the shit fixed on my podcast now. So it is back and ready to go. All uh, engines going forward or whatever the fuck. But uh, thank you again for joining me. Uh, always please message me, reach out, tell me you're listening. Tell me, you know, you 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 think I suck. I I don't I don't care. I love the feedback. Anyone who tells me that it just it makes me feel good either way. So, and, and I'll read you. I would love to have more topics and more things to talk about. I have plenty of opinions of anything. You know, I I'll talk to me about anything. But I just love the Philly sports. I love Notre Dame. I love UFC. You know, and I, and I can talk about anything though, guys, all day long. So again, thank you for joining me as always. This is the Hot Take Hotbox, and my name is Matt McSweeney.